as hell and I wanna get ill So I go to a place where my homeboys chill Fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the 6-4 Hey everyone, welcome back to the Bored as Hell podcast. Uh, it's been a while. Um, a little, little, bit, little bit longer than I think we would have liked, but you know, sometimes... Uh, life, life gets in the way, uh, <laughs> but sure. we're coming, we're coming back at you with, with a with a really good uh, episode this week. We are doing our 100 percent completely spoiler free review of Avengers: Infinity Wars. Uh, right. That being said, you know we're not going to talk about anything about the movie aside from what we thought about it. But if you are looking to go in completely blind, uh, take a listen to us after this. You go see it because uh, this is something that you definitely want to experience. Uh, firsthand and on the biggest screen possible but uh yeah i'm adam mcdonald i'm the film uh reviews editor and critic for big Chinese robot you can also find me over on the uh funny books and firewater podcast with uh my friends and everyone talking about uh comic books alcoholic beverages and being naughty as hell and also the cinema queens podcast with my buddy chris where we look at lgbt films throughout the years and talk about if they hold up what they added to the community uh, and just different themes that came up that we need to be addressed. Uh, like we just did Moonlight, and that brought up a really good discussion on toxic masculinity, as well as just the uh, systemic racism that still exists in our society. Uh, both of those are incredibly not safe for work, though. So you can let your little ones listen to this one, but not those ones. Keep them away. <laughs> right. And, and I'm Andy Wilson. You can check me out over at Graphic Policy, where I have been writing nonstop about the Avengers. Uh, I wrote a giant article about how to watch or not watch the Marvel Cinematic Universe before you watch The Infinity War. And I wrote an article that I probably should disavow right now of uh, the uh, the Deadpool of who is most likely to die in Avengers Infinity War. Uh, I'm not going to say how much I was right or wrong because that might be a spoiler. You can check that out. And coming soon... Uh, the Hall of Greatness, a new podcast and website devoted to greatness and great things. I'll let you know when that's up, but that should be a lot of fun. We're definitely going to talk about great movies over there. Oh, yeah, but definitely. Great It'll be fun. Yep. So. Cool. So, uh, Avengers Infinity War. So, the, on- the only synopsis we're really going to give you is that this has been... Every single Marvel movie has culminated into this one final moment where we have Thanos, who's the this uh, big, huge purple dude, uh, did mocap by uh, Josh Brolin to the voice, and his goal is to uh, assemble or find all six Infinity Stones that are hidden throughout the universe uh, and use them to uh, wipe out half of the life in the universe to to kind of bring balance to everything. Uh, and so this movie is chronicling his attempts to go find them and basically has to take on the Avengers and the Guardians of the Galaxy and Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and everyone we've come to know and love. Uh, with, there's two notable exceptions, but we're not going to say who they are because you'll end the movie be like, oh, yeah, where was so-and-so? I think they were off doing other things. Um, but they were sir not appearing in this film. Sir not appearing in this film. <laughs> They've been sacked. Uh, but yeah, everyone aside from the two people, everyone you've seen in every single Marvel movie has a has an appearance, does something, they all have their moment uh, as an attempt to ward off this threat to the whole entire universe. And that's about all we're going to tell you because, again, the trailers are great because they don't really show you much. Uh, the trailers may also be misleading in certain ways. I'm not telling you that either. Right. But uh, going in with 
as little knowledge as possible is the best way to do it. I mean, I turned off my social media last night after the premiere because all it takes is one a hole out there to to say something and, and spoil it. So, uh, Andy, yeah, you got you. We, yeah. we said the exact same time, and then you text me right afterwards. So, what are what are your thoughts on this movie? Um, I am not okay. <laughs> this no, I am with this movie. This movie has shaken me to my core in both a, a great way and a terrible way. And I can't go much more into it than that because spoilers, but uh, bring tissues. I mean, but everybody knew going into this, it's Thanos. This is going to be a bloodbath. There will be deaths. There are deaths at the beginning of the movie. There are deaths at the end of the movie. There are deaths in between. Death, 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 death. Now, that being said, this movie really does a great job at ratcheting up the tension at every moment. And it, there's so much misdirection and so many feints. The other major thing I would recommend to people is don't sit there like I did. Don't do what I did and sit there and be like, oh, who's, who's going to die next? When's the next big character death? There's so much going on. There's so much spectacle if you're sitting there anticipating the next big moment, you're gonna miss some really, really, really cool stuff. I need to see this again as soon as possible because I think I didn't take the time to really savor some of that. Like, there's some amazing stuff that, like, Spider-Man's doing that I'm just like, whoa, totally blowing my mind with Spider-Man. Uh, basically, everyone gets their moment in this movie, which is amazing. If you think about it, there's like 22 main characters in this movie. Every single one of them gets uh, some sort of punchline, some sort of uh, big punch, some sort of big moment. And I, I can't believe they did that. Like, I was thinking about this, Adam. Can you think about another movie as audacious as this? I tried to take so many movies and blend them all together and bring them all together into one. I can't think of anything. I mean, no, you, you really can. And you can think about, uh, you know, Zack Snyder doing Justice League, which in a sense was, yeah. well, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not even comparing them because they're in different leagues as, as far as movies go. But uh, you know, they're, league. yeah, there we go. Uh, I'm here all weekend, kids. No, I can't. And, and the fact that the Russo brothers were able to pull this off, uh, and as you said, give everyone their moment. Everyone is, you know, some, some people more than others, of course. You know, you got to have your your main storyline being propelled forward by certain members of this group. But it stayed true to all the different characters, like to uh, to the the films they came from, to how they would approach and deal with things. Uh, and you could definitely see that. You know, I don't think he was listed as far as a producer or anything, but they went to James Gunn. James Gunn had his hand in this somewhere because oh yeah no he was he was listed as a producer. oh I, was, I, I don't remember producer. Producer. Was, yeah, yeah he was there are so yeah. many names in this movie like not just the actors but like yeah. <clears throat> everyone attached to it because like this was you could see this was a monumental effort and I think you know we we thought that when we saw the Avengers like oh my god they took these you know these four different movies smushed them together and we got the Avengers holy crap uh, this takes that and it raises it to the nth degree uh, it's 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 just wonderful, amazing, fantastic. 
but yeah, like like you were saying, there's there's this pervasive pervasive sense of dread that's dripping in every single moment of this movie because right. because you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, there there no one is safe because we all know that you know after the the next one's the final one, most of the actors uh, have you know a few of them have decided not to renew their contracts. Some have are on the fence. We don't know what's going to happen, and what's crazy because even though this is following the Infinity Gauntlet storyline loosely from the comics, it's its own thing. And that's the one thing that the MCU has done very well is totally. you, you have an idea of where the story is going to go, uh, but you have no idea how it's going to get there and how true they're going to stay to that. So, uh, yeah, no one's safe. And you find out at the end. Oh, and stay, do stay through all the credits because there is a very important scene after the credits. Uh, we have people leaving. I'm like, you, you guys are pressed. You know there's a scene after. What, what is wrong with these people? Yeah. What What was interesting, though, you know, one of the things Marvel has done is they normally they do like the mid credits scene mm-hmm. and they do their big flashy credits where like you think about like the Thor Ragnarok credits and how stylized they were. And they've got the Mark Mothers boss score going and it's really bright and beautiful while they list off all the main people and same for black panther and they've got uh, kendrick lamar playing in the background and it's like this is like you're supposed to sit there and enjoy that little music video and then you get your scene you didn't get that in this movie no the those, that first set of of end titles was was black and a gray text mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I think this is the time when we need to, like, sit and think about what we just watched and um, uh, maybe call our therapists. Um, and there isn't a mid credits uh, scene, but there is one at the very, very Yeah, the, the, yes. the mid credit scene is, uh, if you, well, it's not even a scene, but all happens is, like, it just says Avengers Infinity War and then fades to black and then you get the real credits. But, yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, I think you know people have been asking what I thought about it, and I've said, "Hey, I'll have, you know I've got some spoiler-free stuff I'm working on." Um, the one thing I can say that just sums up my entire experience was there's nothing you can do that will prepare you for this movie. Uh, as much as you know, going into Last Jedi, I was excited for it, and then we got just this crazy experience. Uh, the emotions and the energy, like. Yeah, we saw it was just film critics and maybe like you know their their spouse or a friend. It was it was it was not a full screening. Uh, there were moments where you could the emotion was so strong and deep in that audience that like it was it was it, it moved. Me. I was already crying, but it moved me even more to tears because I was like, holy shit! Like this is a it was a shared experience I rarely have at a movie, uh, especially at a screening with you know jaded film critics who've seen it all. But just wow, right. wow, that's it's. Yeah, go and go see this in IMAX. I wish they would have screened it for us in IMAX because they actually filmed they filmed yeah. the whole movie in IMAX. <clears throat> and I've seen some comparison trailers online that show the difference between what you see in a normal screen and what you see in IMAX. Uh, so yeah, go see it that way. We saw it in two D. I, I don't think you need to see three D with this because it's, it's it's I don't know. No, but yeah, go oh, see yeah. it in IMAX if you can because it's it'll be it's worth the extra couple bucks to to get that experience. Yeah, I this film was also just so beautiful i mean i think that's what's really been amazing about these last few marvel movies is just how gorgeous they are the use of color 
here with the Russo brothers and, and in Black Panther and in Doctor Strange and in Thor Ragnarok and showing us <clears throat> things that we never thought that we were going to see. Things that it really feels like we are in other worlds and other dimensions at times. And that's the most amazing thing. So I just... I, I absolutely loved it. One thing I wanted to talk about, though, um, you know, we've we've gotten to know most of these characters over the last decade, but Thanos is fairly new. What do you think of Thanos? So um, we just read Thanos Quest for Funny Books and Firewater. We recorded it last week, uh, and that's the comic book story about how he mm-hmm. went in, uh Got the stuff, you know, got them all, and basically how he just was this most horrible, evil, despicable, demonic, like basically the devil incarnate. They really, that's how he is presented in the comics. And if you've never read right. it, it's fun to check it out because you, they really do a great job of casting that as someone that you can't, you know, you just, you just, despicable. They didn't do it with this one. So, it, and it's, it's, I'm not going to go into the reasons why he's trying to do what he's doing because, I mean, it's, it's out there already. I'm sure it's even mentioned in the trailers, but I'd, I'd rather. You know, let people discover it for themselves. Um, his line of reasoning isn't wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, the way he's going about the way he's going about to like right. deal with this is wrong. Uh, but it was like it was a certain times like an Age of Ultron where you're sitting here, you're, you're just sitting back like with Killmonger, and it's like he's right. You know, he, he's a hundred percent right where he's coming from and what he's trying yeah. to do. Um, and yes, he's still obviously a, a villain. I, I'd say he's. I'll put him up there as like one of the best villains they've had. I'll put him up there with like Loki and, and Killmonger now. Uh, but right, you know, he's yeah, he's he's doing things for the wrong reason. But he's the best kind of villain because he's fully convinced he's right. He doesn't see himself as quote unquote the bad guy. Uh, and there are moments where you you it's you can see him as a sympathetic character. Like you actually do want you know you if, if you if if you have empathy, you can emote like empathize why he's doing what he's doing. Um, and the sacrifices he has to make. I mean, this there's. Right. There's losses on all sides in this movie. It's not like there's like, oh, it's just the the good guys start yeah. having this happen. Uh, lots of things happen with him that that personally devastate him as well. So I think that it- he goes on a journey, and we learn a lot about his backstory and why he's doing what he's doing. And you know who he reminds me of is one of our favorite movie villains from one of our favorite movies. Kingsman, oh, yeah. Valentine from Kingsman. He has much the much the same sort of idea that like we have to cull people because there's there's too much life out there, and we we've just gotta we just gotta do this because that's that's the way the universe is, and we it can't support all of this life. And he thinks of himself as being right. And collecting these infinity stones, he's like, you know, I could, I could like go from world to world and conquer them all and slaughter half the people on them with like energy weapons and the Chitari and whatever. But, or I could like, if I collect all six infinity stones, I can snap my fingers and half of everyone just dies. And, and that, that would be good. That would be a good thing. It's, and it's like this cold, calculated euthanizing of literally half the life in uh, in the universe. And you're like, wow, that guy, that guy, <laughs> uh, you've got to you've got to tangle with him. You've got to grapple with him and you have to think about the moral weight of what he's doing and why he's doing it. 
Um, and I always thought of Thanos as being a kind of boring villain in the comics. It's like, oh, he's all powerful and he wants to kill everybody. Okay. <clears throat> That's this. Uh, so what? Um, Josh Brolin's Thanos has something you you got to tangle with and and that I liked. However, as as well fleshed out as I, as I thought that they made the character, yeah, I think some some of that some of that CGI was right on the edge of that mm-hmm. uncanny, uncanny valley. Most of it was great. Most of it was good. Very good, in fact, but there were a couple times where I'm just like, I'm looking at a big purple cartoon character. Unfortunately, that's just going to (laughs) happen when you have a big, giant purple guy uh, doing doing all this stuff. And so I really shouldn't complain about it too much. But that was I agree with that, but it, it, it. his character is, I mean, his look, even just his look itself has changed since, you know, the first Avengers, you know, is completely different, but, uh, right. no, jo- I mean, Josh Brolin did the mocap for it. So it actually is him on stage doing things. Uh, and then obviously the voice, uh, no, it's, he was a fantastic villain. And as much as we've talked in the past that, you know, Marvel movies and, and, and especially with justice league have, and even Wonder Woman, like the villain was the worst part of that movie. Uh, you know, there was only a few right. that really stood out as, holy crap, I can see why this is happening, or why, you know, or I can see why they're fighting, or why they're being fought against in the MCU. Uh, but no, he he he's amazing. It was him, Killmonger, Loki, and Baron Zemo. I would put those as those as the best four out of how many movies are like it's like twenty two movies now or something like that in the Marvel universe. Uh, yeah, eighteen. Okay, it's up uh, there. Eighteen. Uh, but yeah, but no, he's great. Yeah. But you know, you, yeah, you com- you. I think there's a direct comparison of Thanos to uh, Justice League, and um, what's that guy's name? Steppenwolf, <laughs> the the poorly rendered Steppenwolf, and everything that Marvel did right, I feel like oh, they yeah. did wrong with Steppenwolf. Unfortunately, he was like so. I'll complain a little bit about Uncanny Valley. But it didn't look as bad as Steppenwolf, so you know, uh, take and and I I didn't hate Justice League. I'm not hating on Justice League, and I don't want to make this into a, a Marvel versus DC. No, neither thing. am I. That's that's not it. But yeah, I so, but I do want to point out these are big, audacious movies with big, larger than life villains that were brought to life with CG effects and Thanos. I I just was done a little better and Marvel imbued him with more life and more pathos. So even though I walk away from this movie, really hating Thanos as a villain, I, you, you gotta tangle with him and the moral weight of the argument that he's. Yeah. Making. And, and the, the biggest problem is <clears throat> if you look at Steppenwolf and, and with uh, Thanos is that, you know, Thanos really, I'm in the geek community. Of course we know who he is. I mean, he's, the, like the ultimate big baddie, right? But uh, the, the the average moviegoer probably isn't going to know who he is. But the one thing that Marvel was smart and did was is that they they built him up over a series of movies. I mean, starting the very first Avengers, he was the Easter egg at the mid, the mid credit scene, and then we got to see him in Guardians, then we got to see him right. in all these other movies. So even if the average person doesn't know who he is, they know his character because they at least have, they've seen him around. The the other good thing that I think that they did very well was 
they set up the movie very early to explain everything for people who hadn't seen the previous 17 movies. And luckily we have a character like Wong who's there to like explain what happened already in the universe, what these infinity stones are. And, uh, and Bruce Banner is there to explain who Thanos is and we're off to the races. And it was really brilliantly executed exposition that didn't feel too much like exposition and even if you'd heard all of this stuff before, it was good to be like, oh, yeah, that's a good reminder of what these Infinity Stones are right. and why we care about them. And, and why and so, cares about them. Yeah, so you can go in, you, you get caught up right away, but at least you're familiar with it. Whereas with Steppenwolf, I, I didn't, I, I read enough DC Comics, you know, obviously a lot more with the, the podcast I'm on. I had no clue who the hell he was. And he had no motivation other than just to, you know, mess things up so two of the biggest baddies in the dc university have got both dark side and brainiac and what i'm hoping they would do right. is if if, if they if they learn from this is that if you're gonna make dark side the big bad coming up do this approach where you kind of start to introduce little bits and pieces of them because like those big whatever those weird bug creatures are that were in yeah uh, just League, you know that people again people in the know Parademons. parademons yeah they knew Parademons. that was linked to dark side but i mean again i i've read DC comics, but I'm not as well versed. The average person doesn't right. know who the hell they are. So start right. planting exactly. your seeds early, and then when you do finally do this big reveal and everything goes to hell, you know people at least will know what's going on. So I, I think I think that was kind of the problem with what DC was trying to do was rather than you know build up towards something, they went straight to Batman v Superman. And then they went like pretty quickly after straight to Justice mm-hmm. League, where, you know, what what they did that was really smart, like Man of Steel was a good movie to start off with and set up that Superman side of the universe. And Wonder Woman was a great oh, movie yeah. to set up that side of the movie. And and if they would have taken that time rather than like, oh, no, we're going to jump to the blockbuster first. Um, the Universal tried to do the same thing with their dark universe and the mummy. And it's like, you guys, just just start with making a couple of good movies first before you like want to be like, oh, we're a shared universe and we're going to have this giant crossover event. It's like, no, make one good movie first. Yeah, just, just a little bit. Then make another good movie. Yeah, yeah. So... I, and and Marvel has done that, and Marvel has made some missteps. Oh no, it. no, I there's yeah, you know, there every movie. Is no, perfect. of course not. And they, there's they've had some problems, and we already talked very specifically about the villain problem they've had. But, right, right. Well, and you you mentioned like Brainiac and Ultron. And I th- I thought their version of Ultron was a relatively weak villain and a relatively weak version of Ultron. Oh, yeah. As much as I liked as much as I liked James Spader, as much as like, oh yeah, there there was that same sort of argument that like I have to wipe out humanity in order to save humanity. But it just it wasn't pulled off as well. This that this is this is pulled off. Yeah, and well. I, 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 I I've got a buddy of mine who absolutely despises Age of Ultron and I liked it I liked it well enough, but I remember when I when oh I got God. out, though, it felt like something was missing. It just there was something that was right. just didn't click well enough, and so I mean, I would say I mean, Ultron doesn't even make it make my top ten. It's in the it's in the bottom, the either the bottom half uh-huh. of the MCU. But but then again, 
you had to have the events of that movie to have Infinity War happen. And that's what's so good. I mean, if, if we're going to go back to it, the one person we can really thank for all this is Kevin Feige because he's the one who's got the master oh, yeah. plan for everything. And maybe you disagree how he handled like Joss Whedon with Age of Ultron by making be like, no, you have to have this in this movie, or else you know, you, you know, they had a bargain back and forth. But it's that overlying person who's making sure all the pieces fit together that led up to this. And then you know, it's 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 I always say it's like the, the let's say he invented the rules for the sonnet. You know, so the sonnet has to follow this. You know, to have this many words and this many rhyme this way, and then you give it to someone, right. and the directors take that and like it's like. You can do whatever you want to do as long as it fits this mold, and right. that's what that's what he exactly said. and right and and what's so beautiful is how much payoff there is in this movie for people who have been really paying attention. There are characters back from Phase One who we thought were long forgotten who show up in this movie in cool and unexpected ways. There's there's specific callbacks to specific events. I mean, it's it's in the same way that like in Cap Civil War, when when he stands up and he's like, I could do this all day. It's like that's a very specific callback and, and fans get that. There are a few of those moments and they never feel fan servicey. They feel real because these are the real characters. And of course they're going to kind of say the same lines or, you know, it's like the, I have a very bad feeling about this. Um, And I have a bad feeling about this in star Wars. So, you know, it's just one of those things that people say. And I, there are bits like that, that sprinkled all through this movie. And it's amazing. It's like, it's like someone said, I'm going to take all this stuff that has come from all over and I'm going to roll it up into this giant burrito. Yeah. And you're like, no way that a, you're going to be able to actually stuff that all in this burrito, but that B it's going to taste good when you're done. But sure enough, you bite in there and you're like, Ooh, Ooh, I, I taste this and I taste that. And I taste, I taste this Mm -hmm. bit and that. And even though like these things came from very disparate places, they all kind of balance each other out and work together. Now there, there are things that are used less well in this movie. I think guardians of the galaxy were maybe a little bit more extraneous to the plot other than Gamora. Um, but they sure were a lot of fun in a lot of places and, and we needed them in there. So, uh, Hey, good on you. Uh, and, and just to make sure we're clear on this, uh, this is a really funny movie too. There's lots of humor sprinkled in oh, yeah. and, uh, and I, I, we're going to go back to DC again, but, uh, so I loved man of steel. I think it's a fantastic movie. It's one of my favorite Superman movies out there, but I remember getting done mm. with that film and getting out and just like feeling like a weight had come off my shoulders and I could breathe again because it was so dour and there was no brevity anywhere. Uh, this movie is all is again, it's very intense. It's it's, there's huge ramifications that are going to echo out through the the MCU forever now. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's very, very intense and, and just, uh, full of despair at times. But then they would throw in those moments where, like, you could just like, oh, cool! I can laugh for a second. I can, I can. Yeah, I'm, I'm so scared about what's going to happen next. But this moment, I can, I can just take a moment to breathe in, 
and then get focused on what's happening coming up next. So yeah, so it's it is very serious, but it's still yeah. it's. I mean, they were laugh out loud. Like we're, we had the whole theater just crying with laughter, and then five minutes later, crying with sadness. So yeah, it's it's totally crazy that way, and the and what is also amazing is how they're they're able to split up these teams. There's like four different things happening in like completely different sides of the galaxy. Oh, yeah. And they're they're all winding towards this one ending and it's just like wow, this is amazing and and how the characters cross paths and and so on and so forth. Oh, so quick question Adam, should we talk about that one character who shows up in one place? Um the or the one actor who shows up. I don't even think we should say what he's doing, but just mention that he's in the movie because I think he, I think he store, sort of stole the show um, for a, a few moments when he was on screen. Is this the one I didn't realize who it was at first? Uh, maybe. Are we talking both talking about Peter Dinklage? Oh no, no, no! Yeah, so I didn't even know he was in it. First of all, uh, and we're not going to say anything oh. about who, who yeah. his character is, but. Oh yeah, the moment he shows up, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, you bastards! I love you all so much for this. <laughs> right. So I, I, I was like, whoa, yeah, I didn't know he was in this movie. Um, that's cool, and in used in such a totally out there way. I just, I thought it was really cool. My wife thought it was maybe a little bit hokey. Because of the, really? the the effects that they used, I think she just didn't like it. And huh, I'm interesting. Like, I'm like, I I liked it. I, I I like it. I feel like it subverts what we think of Peter Dinklage uh, of doing. And I felt he brought like a very specific thing to a very specific moment. And I I thought mm-hmm. he did it very well. For, for those who are wondering, the only thing I will say is no, he is not playing Modok. And no, he yeah. is not playing Pip the Troll. For people who are really, really into Marvel, I have a friend who's like, there's got to be Pip the Troll in this movie. I'm like, there's not going to be Pip the Troll in this movie. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's like, Peter Dinklage, it's not Pip the Troll. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was that. Yeah, it was it was a really fun moment because I I'd read like yesterday that uh, his his character who he was playing got leaked, and so again I was you know completely off the radar for all this. So when it, when he showed up, I had forgotten he was in the movie, and right. then again the way he shows up is uh, again a completely different way than he ever has before. And I, I love Peter Dinklage; he's like um, he's one of my favorite actors. Uh, you know, obviously we we learned about him from Game of Thrones, but everything he's in, except for. Oh, what was the one like crappy movie he was in that I hated so much? Oh, uh, Pixels. Pixels Pixel. made me hate him, and I was like, yeah. that that pissed me off even more because I love him so much. So yeah, yep. the Station Agent, uh, <sighs> Peter Dinklage and Bobby Cannavale. You, you hate that movie? No, no, I, I was I was just going back thinking of Pixels still. So oh, okay, I yeah, I I love that movie, The Station Agent. It's like it's like fifteen years old now. That was like one of Dinklage's first movies. Great movie. Go check that out. But yeah, uh, hats off to Dinklage for like, it's it's more than a cameo. He's got like a specific part that where he's around for like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, so no, it's, it's not just like, a, it's, it's not like in Ghostbusters when Bill Murray set up for two seconds and then got blown out yeah. the window. No. Uh, all right, so Andy, where, where are we at in this? What do you think as far as ratings go? 
I'm still kind of mad about this movie. It it left me being so angry at some of what happened in it because I feel such a profound sense of loss and because it was totally unexpected and I was not ready for it. But that's part of its brilliance. We were were talking before we went on air um, that, yeah, I... Because everyone already kind of made this movie up in their head of what they think is going to happen. Uh, And some things I was really right about. And other things... I, I, again, that's why I said you cannot do anything to fully prepare yourself for this film because right. there's so much happening and so much going on. Uh, and then things that aren't going on that you were swore was going to happen that you just, it just blows you away. So, right. Right. And, and so I think, but I think that that sense of loss is tinging me a little bit. Mm-hmm. The filmmaking prowess cannot be underestimated and you can't say anything about how this is a bad movie, but it left me feeling so sad and so broken. And, you know, this this is that Empire Strikes Back type moment where you're like, oh, my gosh, that that really hits you right in the feels. And now we've got to wait a year. To, mm-hmm. um, to like, uh, you know, that's your that's the like basics of of uh, of drama. Act one, introduce your characters. Act two, dig him a pit. Act three, get him out of the pit. And, um, and this is a big damn pit. This is a big damn pit. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm at like an eight and a half or a nine. I'm kind of I, I I think overall it's a nine, but I'm. I'm kind of mad at the movie. So I'm kind of like eight and a half. So. Well, that's not a, that's, don't, look, don't have to apologize. It's a good movie. You gave it a good score. It's like, yeah. But I'm just, I'm, damn you, movie. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you make me feel things? Right. Uh, so uh, with me, I'm at a 10. There's no way I could go any lower than this. If we, this has taken everything that the MCU has been leading up for for almost you know for over to ten years, eighteen movies, uh, and you can go back through all the, almost all those films and see the trail of breadcrumbs that's leading up here. Uh, right. They took uh, a villain who made him up there with one of the best the best MCU villains we've ever had. Uh, made him like we said, even if he even if I don't agree with what he's doing, I understand why he's doing it. Uh, and didn't make them just this demon that he is in the comics, which I would have been fine with too. If, he, if they want to make him a horrible, you know, bastard, that, that that was cool. But they just made him very like so he didn't enjoy what he was doing. He wasn't out there like the Joker maniacally laughing while he was killing people. It was like I've nope. got to do this for this good reason for uh, what I believe is a good reason. Um, uh, yeah, the, the, from and then the Russo brothers taking twenty two different characters, giving everyone their moment to shine, uh, making it heartfelt making it funny and yeah i'm angry too because i i saw things i didn't want to see uh and but they pulled it off perfectly and even just the way they did the credits like we talked about it was so different than what they've done before mm-hmm. um but yeah it's, it's it's a 10 for me there's there's no way i could say this isn't the best they ever put out um and easily the best movie in the mcu hands down 
Wow. I see. I just I can't go that far because I I love Captain America: Winter Soldier so much. I love Civil War so much. I love the first Avengers so much. Um, I love the first Guardians of the Galaxy, and like even all of those aren't tens. I think I think Cap Winter Soldier or. Yeah, Cap Winter Soldier and Avengers are maybe tens, and the other ones are really damn close. This this is also close, but um, it, it, it's like say okay, you can go see a, another movie in a theater right now. What's going to make you happy? I if I wanted to be something other than utterly despondent, I would I'd like go see Black Panther again. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but probably I'd want to go see Thor Ragnarok again because there, even there, like the world blew up, but I laughed a lot and I felt good at the end. Um, even though, even though the world blew up, right? Here. But like, but like you said, though, this is this is the Empire Strikes Back of our of our series, which is kind of funny because it's taken us eighteen movies to get there. Uh, right? <laughs> you know, there's hope is gone. There's nothing there really anymore, and right. Uh, I'm as interested to see, like we said, how they're going to get themselves out of the pit right. uh, as I was watching them get there. So that's that's the question, and I think there's maybe a little clue at the end of the credits how they're yep, going to get there out. Is. But, but so, they always yeah. say it's not, it's not always it's the, not always the, the destination; it's the journey. For me, mm-hmm. the journey has been amazing, and when you got to the desti- destination, it was mind blowing. So right. Cool. So uh, coming up, you know, next week we were talking before we started recording. Everyone's scared of Infinity War, and then we got Deadpool two, and then everyone's going to be scared of that and Star Wars. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to go back and uh, just do maybe some brief capsule reviews of some of the films that we saw, but we didn't get a chance to talk about because we were we were busy with lives, uh, and then maybe do a, a wrap up of like what we're looking excited for for the summer, uh, and just kind of how things have been going in general. So. We probably won't be reviewing too much new stuff until Deadpool, but we'll definitely be here talking about what we've liked, what we didn't like, uh, and what we're excited for coming up. Yep, that that's the plan. Cool. I didn't know if you had anything else you wanted to add in. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. Listen, well, to, listen to all of our other podcasts, especially Adam's. <laughs> no, and, and, and all, all of Andy's. He's, he's much more interesting than I am. But uh, definitely check us out. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, board to sell podcast uh thanks for sticking with us sorry we haven't put stuff out for a while but we're, we're coming back with a vengeance uh but until next time hail satan and have a lovely afternoon i'm mary poppin y'all punk ass tripping but it's all right homie scored a key he's gonna 